Welcome back to another episode of Dentistry's Growing with Grace podcast. Join Grace and her guest of the week as they discuss lessons learned in the industry and explore unique insights into ethical growth. Hello and welcome back to Dentistry's Growing with Grace. I'm very, very excited to have Dr. Matthew Hubis with me today. Am I saying that right? Am I saying your name right? Oh, perfectly. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you for volunteering your time today to share some of your story, your your business adventures for our audience in a way that can help them grow. So thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Glad to be here. So for our audience, I know there's a lot of talk. A lot of people call me when they're at the point where they want to start a practice. They either want to start it up, buy it, have a partner, not have a partner. They don't know where to start. And Dr. Hubis, you've got quite a wide range of experience in these decisions. So tell us a little bit about you and your background. Uh, well, I've, I've been practicing 15 years or roughly yeah, 14. I finished dental school in 07. And my wife is a dentist as well. We met in dental school and got married after our third year. And we decided to buy a practice right out of dental school. So that was our first experience, and it was a partnership, a larger practice, and um, we moved on from that one. That one just didn't turn out the way. That's a whole nother. That could be a whole podcast series, actually. Um, and then I had a, a, a opportunity to, to buy a practice on my own, a smaller practice, and I it was a rural uh, location, and I owned that by myself for about five and a half years and decided to sell it just from location type of things. And um, yeah, so, so we sold that one and then really just decided to move where we were going to you know, live and where we found somewhere that we're, we were really enjoying living. And so didn't have anything close by to purchase. So I decided to do the third option, a, a startup. So, uh, and it just so happened that with all the planning and months of, of planning, our opening day was the week the pandemic started. So March 16th, 2020 was our opening day. And uh, so then we went on from there. So the gloves came off and then it was, you know, it was survival of the fittest. It was just, you know, plans kind of went out the window. But uh, We were shut down for seven weeks post. Well, we opened for two days. We had our opening day and then we had a Wednesday of that week, we were opening, planning to be open Monday, Wednesday, Friday, initially. We worked Monday, Wednesday, and then if you all remember the world changed, yep. around Wednesday, Thursday, most dental offices were sort of shutting down, I mean, most, I guess, and we took a seven-week hiatus and then basically had to reopen in May. I think it was like- It's mid-day. gotta be the worst situation because you don't have a history of payroll, so all, a lot of the aid that was present really didn't right. apply to you. Um, oh man, that's brutal. So did you lose, like, did you lose employees? Like the people you had lined up to work, did they still come to work or what happened there? So very, very fortunate with my, my first two hires. Um, they stuck with me. It was great. I mean, their, uh, their husbands were still working um they didn't need what we had talked about benefits like they they, i wasn't offering health insurance anyway but they were getting health insurance 
Um, and they, yeah, they stuck it out. I mean, they were just, they were good. I mean, it was, uh, we would still, I would still come to the office pretty much every day and, uh, just try to organize and get things done. But yeah, they, they stuck it out with me and then we're, they were ready to rock and roll when we, when we decided to fire back up. It was just the three of us that started it out. So. I think that situation was so hard just because we didn't know what was going to happen. Like no one at the beginning, no one said it's going to be eight weeks, seven to 10, depending on what state you live in. Like there was no, you had no idea. It was like this indefinite. I mean, they said two weeks, right? I mean, that was the promise, right? but we all know it's, we're still dealing with it. So looking back at it, it's just like, it's kind of like a bad dream. I can't even remember what I was thinking at that point, other than I don't remember freaking out about it because I mean, there's never a good time for that to happen, but it could have been worse, I guess, in my situation, because we didn't really have any momentum to begin with. So it's not like we lost momentum. So we just really had to like delay it. Start it was a pause. Yeah. Yeah. So it was what it was. Yeah. So in comparing your previous ownership experiences, what are some of the most surprising things about the startup in comparison to um, an acquisition? Um, surprising, well, I, mean, I, I felt like I tried to educate myself going into it. And I, I, I thought long and hard about whether I was gonna even attempt, you know, go for this, this startup, because it is, it's a, it's a big, it's a big deal. Um, but uh, I mean, I guess surprising, I think starting out, I thought, wow, this is going to be easier than I thought. That might sound strange, but like in in May when we started back, I guess when you have zero, like you're at absolute zero, (laughs) anything is great. So, you know, you have your first couple of days where you're, you know, oh, this is like a $4,000 day. This is going to be easy, right? We're just going to climb for, you know, for days. But um, so I kind of thought, starting out is like, yeah, I think this is going to be easier than I thought. And then I think about eight months into it, it kind of, it kind of dawned on me like, yeah, like we were at zero and we're, I mean, we're really like just trying to, you know, the ultimate goal is to push above your, you've got to cover your hard costs. You've got to cover the growth, the expansion. You've got to, you know, figure out ways. It's kind of like a monopoly game. And, um, so I don't think I was really surprised until probably like eight months in, maybe I was a little jaded going in possibly. It probably gave you some, some false expectations because there was a little bit of a backup in demand during the shutdown. So then when things opened again, a lot of people were looking for a dentist because they were just, they were behind and it seemed like there was a little bit of a backlog. So you probably went into it thinking, oh, we got patients, we're okay. And then you hit that six month cycle, right? Where we were shut down and, and it kind of repeats. It's very cyclical. Um, I always tell people if they have an opportunity to acquire an existing practice, it comes with cash flow. And I think that's something that people don't actually look at the numbers and the difference. I think my estimation is if you're starting up you were to compare a similar situation to an acquisition, it's going to take you about three years to get to where you 
would be. You have to pay like a, a three-year catch-up point um, compared to if you were to buy a practice with patients. Sure. So I don't know if you agree with that or not. I've been telling people that for years. They don't, they don't seem to care. They want their own practice, like sure. their own thing. I think it just depends. It just depends on so many things, right? Like yeah. location, um, probably number one, right? I mean, you have to, you have to be in a, in a spot. Like my location is growing, but it's still competitive because there's still a lot of dentists here. I mean, but there's still more dentists coming in after me, even when I, you know, almost two years ago. So um, that that ratio is, I mean, that's probably like the number one data data point. It's like how many people versus how many dentists. I mean, right off. hundred percent. But um, yeah. And then, I mean, on from there, I mean, yeah, it's just like a long list. I mean, there's what services you're going to provide. There's how many how many specialists are in the area? Because if you're just rural and able to do everything, like we have a lot of great specialists. I just decided right off the bat, I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to participate in endodontics. I mean, I bought like one pack of files and uh, <laughs> in case I had to pulpotomize <laughs> something or what, you know, I, I, I just, I have two great endodontists very close to me. And I was like, that's just going to be a hundred percent. And um, so you kind of have to pick and choose like what you're going to offer and what you're going to, um, focus on i think at the beginning you have to cast a wide net just because you have to survive right i mean you have to get through the survival phase of the of the practice um i like so right someone said you know when you when you do a startup it's like your practice is like a patient in the icu and that's that is like the perfect analogy i mean it's like unconscious laying there with the heart monitor (laughs) on and it's just beep Beep. I mean, it's, it's like, a, I mean, it's like a, it's like a breath away from like disaster. Right. But see, you can, you can say these things for two reasons. One, you, you don't have an ego to protect. I, I love how open you are with just, just talking about things. I can tell that's not a factor here. And two, you have something to compare it to. So other startups, people that start up practices, um, they, they think it's great, but they don't know the acquisition side. They don't know what that other side looks like and feels like when you get into a new ownership situation. So, I mean, it's so, I think people are going to find it intriguing that you have, that you have these three different situations to compare to and that, that gives you that. But if this was the only thing you ever knew, you really wouldn't know how hard it is because it's all right. you would know. Yeah. You wouldn't have like a frame of reference to, to see like, like what's good or what's not. And you gain a lot of that from just talking. And I mean, I have a lot of close dental friends, of course, that, I mean, we're on group text and we're, I mean, we're, we're talking about everything. Um, and so I have a frame of reference there of where we all kind of know where we want to be, where we are, what's good, what's bad. Um, and, but yeah, the, the acquisition side comes with a huge jump start to, yeah. um, I mean, you're, I, I've said this though, too, in my experience, you're still starting from ground zero with an acquisition, right? Like you can sign the papers and you can, but you still have zero patients because nobody knows you yet. You're still at zero pay. You happen to have opportunity with, you have the, all the opportunity with those patients, but you still have not really earned them yet. Right? Like, 
you have the, the ability and the opportunity to gain them and keep them, retain them, build relationships with them. Um, whereas with oh, yeah. a startup, I have zero. I have the future. The future is a big question mark. An acquisition, I have the next six months, and I have like a full slate of people that I can meet. And so this is going to sound moving. This is going to sound really bad, but I'm going to say it anyways because I don't have a filter. Um, I try, but it just doesn't. It doesn't stay. Um, you have to. You have to buy patience. It sounds so bad, but it's so true. You have to buy patience, and when you when you purchase a practice that is factored into your to your purchasing price is the number of active patients. And sometimes those numbers aren't always very honest. So you wanna make sure you do audits and you, you look into those things. But it, when you're a startup, you have to think about it like purchasing patients and, and people don't go into it um, with that mindset. So sometimes when people call me, as we do you know, put together marketing plans for startup practices, existing practices, when they call me, I look at their, their area and I can tell them, generally speaking, based on the competition, the cost of a patient. And they're like, what? That's crazy. We, it, I'll be like, you're in a competitive market. It's going to cost $200 for a new patient or $300 based on if you do this, $400 if you do this, $500 if you do this, $600 if you do this. And then they're like, oh my goodness, I don't have money for marketing. I'll see you later. And I'm like, well, I hope you have the time. And then I find out they're working as an associate. They have you know, four young kids at home or whatever it is. Sure. And so you have to either plan for that time investment, or you have to plan for that financial investment, or you're just not going to get the momentum you need to get it up and running, to get it off the ground. Yeah. But it's, it, it's that a lot perspectives. Like it's a lot like you're running for office in a, in a way, like you're, Oh man. you know, it's like you're out there face, name, shaking hands, meeting people, networking is huge. Like I joined a local networking group. That's been fantastic. I mean, not only just good friends and good people, but like, you know, most of them are patients now, referrals. I get a lot of referrals from that. Um, just my neighborhood, like where I live, just, just talk, you know, just friends and people. And then I guess we kind of have the advantage of, being in our in the area that we're in for about 14 years and then being a dentist for 14 years in an area and people knowing us and so kind of from just all around they're like oh yeah you're oh you have your startup now great and you know facebook friends or just just people that you know throughout the years and um and then of course yeah but i do the and then on top of that i i definitely pay for you know do it google ads uh, SEO, a lot of online stuff. I mean, I think yeah. that's been, that's been, that's been my top three. Our top three referrals have been, uh, just walk by traffic. We're in a pretty good area for just people coming by, seeing our sign and then people that know me and then Google. I mean, those yeah. are three, the, th the top three pretty consistently since we started. Um, and that's how it should be. That is how it should be. Google should be after word of mouth or maybe location walk in uh, reputation if you have that momentum or, or you know your name is out there. Um, then Google should be number two based on return on investment. It's a pretty solid. It's a pretty solid investment. Um, it takes it some is. time, but yeah. it's solid once it works. So, um, what is um, 
what is the one piece of advice you would have given to yourself prior? Let's say, let's say the pandemic wasn't a factor, just in general. Um, what's one piece of advice you'd give yourself if you could go back in time? For this particular venture? like For the startup. Um, I would have upfitted more rooms to begin with. So I, I thought a lot about it and I decided to just start with two because I didn't really want to take out the loans. I didn't want to, you know, I was like, ah, two, I mean, I, I don't, but I, and, and we're up to four right now. And I, I wish I'd have just started before because it was kind of a struggle. Knowing what I know now, it's been extremely hard to get chairs. I mean, now it's like before when I was planning this, this startup, a new chair could arrive in like three weeks. And now it's like 13 weeks or something or 20 weeks. To order. No one could have anticipated nobody, that. Nobody knew that. Right. But um, no. just getting to getting to the point of. Um, I don't know. I, I guess you have to look at a lot of the numbers, too, of figuring out like how big your total practice is, what your overhead is, like what your hard costs are that you're trying to push past. And, um, but yeah, for me personally, I think if I could have found room in the budget to put four rooms together right off the bat, that would have made it yeah, the last 12 months a little smoother. But Yeah, yeah, it's going to it's going to help some it's going to help someone. I think there's this balance between managing the overhead and the debt so it doesn't get crazy and balancing what you actually need to be able to build and grow as quickly as possible. And it is always this balancing act between input and output. Um, so yeah, that's helpful for people. A lot of people don't look at their numbers. They're just like, what does it cost? Okay, I'm gonna just build this into the loan. What does it cost? And yeah. those decisions, they're very important in the start. You get one thing wrong, and it could be the difference. Yeah, if it's one thing that's big enough, I mean, it could be a disaster. But uh, I, I'd say becoming super clear on your wants and your needs. Like, what is a want and what is a need? <laughs> and, and, and managing that. I mean, to the, to the utmost, right? Like, it is, I mean, it's, it's so important. And I mean, that's a battle we all fight, right? I mean, we all have... We all have wants. We want this and that. But again, if you're talking about this practice, it's on life support. What is it? Does it want anything or does it need something? Like it, it, it's more about needs than wants at that point. Does it need patience or does it need a CBCT? Exactly. Does the money need to go into marketing to get the patients first before we justify the investment on the technology? I think, and I'm, I'm, again, being offensive, but I think Dennis in general, if I'm really categorizing like my people, very, very big interest in technology. It's fun. Sure. It's interesting. It's oh, flashy. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, I, I love it and it's hard because yeah. you want it. You don't always need it a hundred percent. There are other ways to do it. Yeah. But again, it just goes back to dollars and cents of a startup that like, how are you going to make how are you going to make it work? And uh, that's the, that is the best startup advice I think I've ever heard is figure out your wants and your needs. I have not heard anyone really talk on that. I think, cause you could apply that to everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
even when you're planning, even when you're figuring out your marketing plan, like when startups come to me and they're like, what social media services do you offer? I'm like, I offer five, but you don't need that yet. We got to get as many new patients for the lowest amount first, then we can expand it to the branding initiatives. You need cash flow right now. And they're like, but you don't want to sell me social media. I'm like, no, I'm happy to offer it to you, but like, I know your situation. This is what you need to do first. So that's, that is solid. That's a huge Um, difference between the acquisition and the startup. So with an acquisition, you can get away with more. I mean, we did it, we did it twice. And as long as I had money in my account and my account, you know, as long as I was comfortable and I could do this and that, right. You know, payrolls covered all this, everything's just fine. And you got excess money at the end of the month. Hey, everything's cool. I never looked at my books and my, like, I'm, I'm down to like dimes now of just making sure I know where everything's going because it's important. Right. I mean, and when you're trying to grow, everything matters. There's, there's not a lot of wiggle room in a startup, like a, like a initial, like the first several months of a startup, there's just not, there's no wiggle room. And yeah, like you said, if you get a big decision wrong, it could, it could be pretty bad, but it doesn't have to be like that. It's just, you just have to be aware of it. I've seen some pretty crushing, financially crushing marketing plans for startups. And I'm, I look at them and I'm just like, you spent what on what? And then it doesn't, it doesn't work. It doesn't pan out. And they're in like a two-year contract or a three-year contract. And it's hard when people don't have anything to compare it to either. And that's where I think you have such an advantage is you do have those past experiences of ownership. You do know what it should, how it should work, how it does work once you do get that momentum. So you can, you know where to invest a little bit more than if this were your first ownership situation so that's really good well i was doing zero Um, marketing before so like so what is your what is your advice like what do you what do you say is like the ballpark for like a marketing budget for a startup um it depends a lot on the level of competition like we talked about the number of doctors per town so let's say you're you're one doctor there's like you're 10 doctors in a town of however many people it's pretty easy to get someone on top of google in a lower competition market, you could get away with just doing SEO and getting to the top of Google and getting the most reviews. And that marketing plan could be, you know, hundreds a month. Mm -hmm. You could go into a more competitive market and everyone's investing and it could take a year to get on top. And what are you going to do in that year? In the meantime, what's it going to cost? It goes down to what's it going to cost based on competition to get a patient from this method, this method, or this method. Mm -hmm. So it's all about what are you willing to spend financially on a patient? Do you have time to invest? So I don't ever look at it as like a one size fits all thing, but um, generally speaking, branding matters, being able to stand out and have a strong foundation people can remember it makes everything else you do in the future stronger and happen quicker because people remember you. So a lot of people want to skip the business name, tagline, logo portion, or they just pick what they like instead of really thoughtfully crafting what's going to stand out in my community. So they go right to the how instead of stopping at that point where you define yourself. 
Um, so that's, that's very important. Um, and then I would say the Google footprint is the second most important thing in most markets. Um, and then it's, it's all about your personality too. Like if you're someone who's outspoken and you've got no problem, you know, going live on social media and talking about your practice or sharing tips, like you could get a lot of free marketing just by putting yourself out there. Sure. So it's, it. I do always make an individual plan for every person that I talk to, but yeah, Google, you can't skip Google right now. You yeah. just can't. Like Google ads, like, like our, our budget just for the ads is hovered between like a thousand and 2000 a month. And for us, yeah. I mean, that's kept us at a decent level. Like it bounced a little bit. I mean, but it just, I just kind of kept it going and yeah, that seemed I was just, I was trying to find the sweet spot with everything. Well, you know, we're in, we're in network with five insurance companies. I, I just picked the ones that were reimbursed the highest. I did spend some money on re, a lot of research on that. Get the five biggest ones that have the most employees in the, you know, a 30 mile radius or whatnot. And then which ones have the best fee schedules. Didn't want too many of them to rely on them, but I didn't want few because it, you know, it's kind of like marketing, just having your name in the insurance book. But um, yeah, and then yeah, there's opportunity everywhere to meet people, there is. Ne network, and all that. I would say in-person networking is, yeah, that's been. I mean, that's been really big for me, and and it's enjoyable too. Amy, it's kind of fun. Yeah, not for me. <laughs> I. No. Oh my gosh. I do like public speaking. Um, I'll go and I'll talk about marketing and, and educate at dental meetings and things. And then there's cocktail parties. And I'm like, I look at my watch and I'm like, okay, I can go to my room in an hour. I'm going to try to say hi to people. And half the time I end up standing there by myself awkwardly. I'm like, really, I'm fine on a stage, really bad in like that social. My husband does all of that for us. No, no, he does that for us. So I've gotten very comfortable leaning on him socially. And it's, uh, so you've got to find the marketing mix that matches and, and fills in for your, your weaknesses and utilizes your strengths. It's truly not a one size fits all thing, but, um, but it is empowering. Like once you figure out, okay, I'm spending a thousand dollars, that thousand dollars is bringing me, you know, I'm just going to pick a number because it could vary significantly. We'll say eight new patients a month from my thousand dollars. If I double it to 2000, I'll get 16. At what point does it get more expensive for the new patient? Um, and then you got to re-optimize and refocus and, and play with it. So that's like exactly where we're at. Like our Google new patients are about eight to 10 and we're totaling about anywhere in the forties up to the, like the mid fifties and pay, we've been bouncing between like 40 to 55 new patients. We're trying to get about 50 a month and yeah. Google has been about one fifth or roughly one fifth or one sixth of that. It should be a little, it could, I would put more into it if, if you're still seeing the ROI that's there, yeah. but if you start to see it cap off, then the strategy is the, then there's opportunity in the strategy. So, um, 
No, I agree. It's like, fun. Google, I've, I've, I've learned a ton about Google. My, I've become like really good friends with my, um, you know, I call him my SEO guy, right? Like, yeah. He, and, and he's taught me a lot of like what we're trying to do and trying to build like a solid SEO, you know, foundation. Cause I, you know, from my understanding, once you get to a certain level with your SEO, then it's not as important anymore. Like you can, or you can kind of like coast a little bit. Like it's once your reputation's out there and it's good enough, you've got reviews and everything. Then it's, it ceases it, to become as important once you climb the mountain. Um, I don't think so. I, it depends on the level of competition. Doing. Yeah. You got to keep doing it. Um, once you get into the top three, um, there's going to be new strategies that other people learn to compete with you in the top three. If they're, if they're really investing, if they really know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, once you get there and you feel that push of new patients, you don't want to lose it. You just yeah. want to stay there. And so, well, that's so like I switched to my, my new company that I'm using and that's what I really like about him. Cause he's like, he's, he's like full throttle, like all the way. And he's, yeah. you know, my last company I used kind of just like put me on a shelf, just sort of like, oh yeah, you know, paying the thing and we're doing the stuff. And it, it was decent. I mean, it helped, it helped. But uh, I met um, Aaron and he was like, man, we're going like full throttle until you get to exactly where you want to be. And I mean, we're, we're close and we're getting there and he's only been on, he's only been on board for like a month and a half or like since September. So I'm, I'm pretty yeah. excited about that. Um, but that's, that's been big. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it is. SEO's SEO is a lot of fun. It's the, the ROI is fantastic. There's too many people right now um, that are telling the masses SEO doesn't work. It's a ripoff. It's a scam because it didn't work for them or they didn't understand it or they didn't have a good experience. I see it in the Facebook groups just all the time. So complicated. And I'm like, <laughs> It's really not, but that's because I live in it. It'd be like, it'd be like dentistry feeling complicated to me. Cause I don't know sure. what, how to do, you know? Well, from, but, so, yeah, to me, it's like extremely complicated. Like it's a whole nother, it's just like a whole nother language. Like the citations, the, like, just like the whole language of how you oh, guys yeah. talk about it. I mean, it's, and it we does make, make up sense. I know enough to like, I know maybe enough to make it make sense to me but still the broader or the detailed stuff is like man I, how are you gonna it's do that? really <laughs> truly like if you if you skip one thing one strategy in a in a competitive market you could never get in top three like ever and so I love I love it it's so fun I love it but it's I'm a nerd so it is what it is, <laughs> but you gotta, yeah, well, you gotta um, figure it out, like find those things that are, that are going to move the needle. Right. It's really, a, it's really about spotting patterns. And so when you look at enough markets over the course, I've been doing it for 13 years. So when you look at enough markets over a long period of time, you just see, you see new patterns, you come up with new ideas to get, you know, further up. It's just very fun. But, um, so for anyone starting, are you starting to feel like you're past that point of, of the practice being in the emergency room? Like you're starting to feel that momentum kicking in? Yeah, I would say right now, I would say the patient is awake. 
and maybe <laughs> watching TV, maybe like sipping on some, uh, chewing some ice <laughs> chips. <laughs> the smile, the smiley face chart. He's about right. here. Right. He's yeah. not here, but he's yeah. like five. You know. Yeah, exactly. Like he's, you know, he's ordered some pudding and he's, uh, he's sitting up and he's, he's smiling at people. He might not be having long conversations, but he's, yeah, no, I mean, it, and it's definitely improving, uh, week by week really. And it's, it continues to be, it, it continues to keep my interest and my attention, which I feel like is the most important thing too. We've got a, a good group of, of girls here that are, they've been a lot of fun and, and just supportive and they get it. You know, I tried to hire people that just, they get it. They know, they know what we're trying to accomplish and that's been very important. So. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations. It's going to keep growing. Obviously um, that foundational beginning piece is the hardest piece. And then once you get through that, it's the best thing. I think long-term it's the best thing you could do. You're located where you want to be. Your foundation is there. It's just going to keep keep going up. So enjoy the challenges. Enjoy the growth, the growing pains. And uh, thank you for sharing with us today. I think it's going to be very helpful for people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so. Enjoyed it. Thank you. So for those of you tuning in, please join our Facebook group. It's Dentistry's Growing with Grace and catch our next podcast. You can subscribe pretty much anywhere. Um, and if you ever have practice growth questions, you can reach me at grace at identitydental.com. Thanks so much.